You are listening to the Hostage to the Devil podcast. Some listeners may find this content disturbing. What doctor are ghosts? Ghosts? Yes, sir. Genuine ghosts are visitations by people already dead who are allowed by God to visit the living for some reason or other, usually known to the person visited, but not admitted by them until they wake up. Uh, there are some cases where what we call ghosts is demonic infestation of a house or a city or a street. It does happen. Have you had occasion where you have exorcised a spirit or a ghost or yes. whatever it is yes. from, from it, a house, from in, a in structure? A house, yes, in a house, yes. Yes. going from room to room and expelling the demon it must be done I'll be doing that in December in in, in Washington D.C. Uh, you are in your 70s uh, right. again, again I ask you um, concern about yourself is there does there not come a time when physically you should refrain from doing this yes and I have refrained to a large extent it's nothing like the febrile activity of my 40s and 50s and 60s no, I haven't. Then I've had open heart surgery oh, uh, and two heart attacks. So, you know, uh, simply the nature of things has imposed a certain restraint on me. Were either one of these heart attacks associated with exorcisms? One of them was. One of them was. Yes, the bad one. But uh, that's the price you pay. And art, you know, we're only here for a short time. It is true. It is so, welcome to Hostage to the Devil podcast, season two. Today's episode is looking at Emma's experiences at the house. I mean, how long have you been there? 20 odd years now? or 23 years we've been living there, yeah. yeah. So to read off your sort of synopsis of the book from your, from your Amazon um, site, the 200-year-old Georgian rectory is a site to behold, but what secrets, spirits, and ghosts lurk behind? When the Tully family purchased this magnificent building in the 19, 1990s, they had big restoration dreams. Little did they know their lives were about to change forever. Fantastic. So... First of all, can you introduce the rectory and yourselves as the Tully family, but obviously put it on the map from a geographical point of view to tell the audience where we are and sort of where mm -hmm. it all began, so the origins of the whole rectory? Yeah, well, Sharon Rectory is in Donegal, Ireland, and um, it's it's in the northwest um, of, well, more kind of the, well, they say the northwest, but it's... Um, yeah, it's it's just between uh, two little uh, towns called Manor Cunningham and Newton Cunningham. It's a beautiful um, area, you know. It's very um, countryside, you know, with uh, you know trees and stuff. So that the house is actually built, you know, in a very very like location where there's not many people around, you know. So um, the rectory itself was built in 1775. Um, it did take 15 years to fully construct, so it was it's quite a big building. Um, the, the, there is a big history with the rectory. Um, in 90, or 1797 now, there was a double murder that took place. Um, you know that Irishmen took siege beside the rectory and murdered two people. Um, the Wallers were the current residents there at the time, and the lady of the house, she was shot, and the, the guest, uh, Reverend William Hamilton, that they had that night um, that the United Irishmen wanted, he was took out and brutally murdered. So there's a lot of dark history 
um, surrounding the house. And there's been many other deaths that has occurred, you know, suicides and just a lot of other things that kind of came up in history along along with the, the Wallers, you know, history. So it is, it's, it's, it's a quite a, you know, it's just 200 years of just 240 years of, of bike history there. Um, when my family bought the rectory in the, the early 90s now that they did have bike restoration dreams. Like they, they wanted to restore the, the house to its former glory. Um, when my parents bought the house, um, they had no, they, they heard stories regarding the haunting and everything that, you know, that linked to the house. Um, they didn't really know much about the murders that took place. Um, but they had heard rumours of somebody dying in the house and and it was um it, it didn't really stop them, you know, you know, they just were very skeptical. Um sorry, Martin, there's there's something going on here on my laptop. Sorry, you just disappeared on the screen. That's the usual, that's the usual. Uh, um no, but the, so the, when they, they bought the house, they started renovations and you know, a lot of workmen were saying that they were experiencing very strange things. So um, my, my parents, they just kind of laughed it off. They kind of thought that they're imagining things or just, you know, trying to scare them when they're going to move into the house, you know. So there was no real kind of, um, you know, the belief there in my parents. Um, when you say was, strange things from the workmen, do that, like apparitions or um, yeah, they they were experiencing you know the apparitions and they were there. There was a lot of weird things happening with the you know taps coming on whenever there was no water actually in the you know in the house. They were connected to the water at the time. Um, they always felt they were being watched. That was another thing that um, that they had mentioned quite a lot. And you know that that tends to happen a lot in the house. Anybody that comes into the the, the house at all now, they will say that they feel like that they're just you know, something's watching them, you know, even when they're walking through the rooms or corridors or whatever they would mention about, you know, they just have this, this eerie feeling. And, you know, I was very young at the time when we moved in, so I didn't have any recollection of any stories with ghosts or history of murders, anything. To me, it was just a big old scary house. Um, when the house, they bought the house, it was in complete rooms. You know, they, they just needed to start from scratch just with renovation work. So there was a lot of work that needed to be done. And they, you know, my they relied on my my uncle and my my grandfather quite a bit because they would have been in the building kind of trade. So they, you know, they they relied on them mainly because other workmen, you know, they just never stayed. So when we moved in, um, we did start to slowly experience things. And um, I started to experience a, a lady and um come through my room at night. And she, the first time I seen her, she kind of formed um, as, a, as a mist into a lady. And I kind of just stood in complete shock and misbelief. You know, I didn't know what I was actually witnessing. And I was so young and, you know, I was only about six, seven years of age. I couldn't understand what I was actually seeing. And I just watched her just walk straight through my bedroom. And on the other side of, of my room, there's another doorway that leads into my parents' room. And I, I just watched her go into my parents' room and this kind of was a nightly thing that, that tended to happen with it, with this, this ghost that we seen. She kind of came in like a, a blue kind of mist. And um, shortly after, I didn't know this, but my dad started to experience her and started to see her around the same time I did. And then my mom started to see her. So slowly over time then, you know, they, they, you know we, we did get think, the feeling of there's something else here that we just can't explain. Um, you know, my parents, even though they had experiences, they still were kind of, you know, skeptic believers in the sense, you know, that they just were like, there is an explanation for it. You know, they tried to go out to kind of get an explanation for what they were experiencing. 
And some things they just couldn't, they couldn't explain. And this was one of them, actually seeing an apparition. You can't explain what you see. And if one person was seeing it, you kind of, you know, put it down to maybe is it psychological? But it was whenever there's so many other people that's actually witnessing the same thing, you know, that that's where it goes into a bit more of un, unexplainable. Um, so just over, over time, over the years, you know, the haunting did start to kind of, you know, turn into like of a darker kind of sense. It, um, I myself would have been affected um, a lot. Um, I moved into, it must have been maybe in the mid 2000s, I moved into one part of the building that was just recently renovated in that time, um, which is called the coachman's residence. So this would have been kind of, you know, one of the other houses that the servants um, would have been, would have lived in. And there was always really an oppressive feeling in the room. Now, I, whenever it was first renovated, I didn't really go over to that side of the house. It, it, it was kind of scary to me. Like it just felt like there was a really heavy feeling and, you know, I couldn't explain it, but you know, my sister, when she came along, she needed the room that I was actually in. So I had to move to, to the other side of you know, the other, the other side. And I was getting into my teenage years too. So I wanted my own space. So this was kind of like a wee flat that they kind of you know, renovated. So when I moved in, um, just slowly over time, now I did start to kind of, my, oh, my whole kind of attitude changed. My, you know, I just was so tired. Physical health was kind of affected. And I couldn't, I could never explain it, never explain it. Like, but it was like at the time I didn't, I didn't really kind of link it to paranormal, anything like that. You know, you just assume that, you know, you're stressed because I was starting college at the time. And, you know, I was, you know, you know, really under so much pressure with assignments and things. So I was putting it all down to that. Um, it was only whenever I woke up one night and I would have always kept the bathroom light on, which is just, uh, just shines in, into the bat into the, the main bedroom area. And um, I did see at the bottom of the bed, there was a, a really, really tall, tall, dark um, shadow. It was probably about maybe seven, eight foot tall. And I kind of just froze in the bed. There was no other way to kind of explain it you know a lot of people would say why did you not run you, you can't in that moment you know you, you freeze to a sense where you just don't know what to do you know you, I couldn't scream or anything you know it was just one of these things where like it just paralyzes you and I was awake I know a lot of people would say sleep paralysis you know it's a, it's a medical thing this was I was awake I've seen it and it's happened me many times since then where I've actually seen this shadow um, I don't know what it is, but it has like this feeling of dread whenever you see it. You know, you just get this real horrible sense that there's it's just not a good kind of feeling. And um, that was OK. That night now was very tense for the rest of the night. I never slept. I kind of just pulled the covers over my head and just prayed it was going to be bright because I felt like the times that I was in there, the only time I actually could properly sleep was whenever you know, the morning started to come in and it was starting to get brighter. And that was the only time that I could really sleep because I felt that I was more safer in daylight. And I know that it was still there in the background, but, you know, it, it's a kind of a thing of where you feel like you wouldn't you wouldn't see it more so in the daylight than what you would see kind of, in, you know, in the nighttime whenever it's just the shadow casting, you know. Um, so just over time, then I kind of started to drift away from my family a bit, you know, even though we were all in one area in the, in the house, um. I was kind of at the side, 
you know, where the, the wee flat was. And I started to kind of just redecorate the place myself and put my own touch in it. And I started to slowly kind of, you know, do my own dinners in there and just bits and pieces. Just I was just kind of drifting away from them. And I just felt like I came under a real kind of sense of just depression. And, you know, I was kind of in a really dark place myself mentally. And, you know, it, it, I don't often talk about this in podcasts or I never really do because it is very hard to discuss. Like, But um, I do think that there was something in there that actually was draining me physically. Um, I did see it and I do think that, that it was this thing that I was seeing that it was there. Was it trying to attach itself to me? I don't know. Um, to me, this was all... I, I experienced all the paranormal things with the you know the blue the blue lady that we were seeing and other little bits and pieces around the house, but this was this felt heavier, this felt more severe. Um there was another part of the house where I hated to walk past was with the cellar door. And it was it's kind of infamous in the way because this is where the man that um was murdered that the United Irish men want, he was dragged from the cellar. So it's always got that kind of um you know that kind of feeling of the atmosphere from left from that you know the the they say you know the stone tape theory where where this kind of energy kind of stays within that yeah. that area you've always got that kind of atmosphere there um and I don't know if it was maybe that that I was feeling um because I'm you know obviously over time I kind of developed you know my senses to this and I kind of became more sensitive to to different energies around me and you know just the spirits and stuff around the house because the house is, is very active um but between the cellar and the coachman's they were the two places I felt that there was something not good there was something mm. negative that was around and I had mentioned to my my parents a couple of times that I do feel like there's something darker here um and they were like no no there's not just you know whatever's here is not going to harm you and you know at the back of my head I knew it but I kind of just was like, you know, okay, there's nothing here. Do you know what? In the, in the sense of that, like, so, you know, you just kind of put that front of like hoping that it's not going to get any worse. Before, before, you, before, you, before you moved into the rectory, had, were you a child that always picked up energy like that? Or was this something new never, for you as a child? Right. Never. I never would have, because the, the house that we were in previous, uh, there was never anything that I ever felt there. It only seemed to be whenever I moved into this this rectory, and the first time I seen this blue lady, it was kind of like from then on. It just seemed to be, you know, everywhere I went. Then she was just kind of there in the house. And was, was was the blue lady malevolence like this dark shadow no, entity? Or? No, she at the very start. Now we didn't know her intentions. You know, it was kind of the things that was happening um, around the blue lady. You know, my mum would be, you know, at night she would be praying just pleading with her just to leave and you know she she would turn around and she'd be like you know just just let me sleep tonight and that would be a night that they would get sleep but like you know 7 a.m in the morning they would hear bang at the bottom of the bed they would have been an old trunk and it would have been like you know that she would have hit it or something because they would have heard this bang and it would have frightened it definitely would have frightened um the two of them my, my both my parents and for me like whenever I seen her I was just terrified um, on one occasion, she she came in and, you know, in the middle of the night and I always slept with the light on. But even with the wee, the dumb light that I had, I still seen her in the room um, and she came in and she sat in the bottom of the bed and I had the covers over my head. And I knew she was just sitting beside me because I felt the bed sink. And then I start I started to hear her humming and I was like, what is she doing? 
And it was just, it felt like it was hours that she was there and I was just praying just to, for her to go. And she just, she just left then was no sooner than she was there. So what was, what was she humming? Like a tune or? Like a kind of a, I can't even describe it. It was like, you know, something that you would have, you wouldn't hear in this day and age, but it was like, mm. Mm, you know, kind of a, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I don't know if maybe she was trying to comfort me, but like for me, I didn't know then what this meant, who she was, whatever. Um, but now looking back, she's an intelligent spirit. She obviously knew she was mm. trying to interact with me. So yeah. Would have scared this, the absolute crap out of me. <laughs> See, this <laughs> is of course it would it would scare a lot of people. Like, and you know, um, with my mom and dad, you know, the, the experience my ha- my mom had with her that she that kind of turned mom into thinking that you know she isn't negative, she's not was an, an awful dream my mom had, and I write about it in my book, um, where she she just kind of went into this kind of deep sleep, but it was like really vivid because she remembers every detail of this dream. And it was when she was going through the house and she was calling for me and she went out the front door to call for me. And I we would have had two Labrador dogs at the time and I was an outdoor child. I was always outside running around. And just a few weeks prior, um, my dad had put in a, a big pond at the bottom of the garden. And... I, I would have always been kind of down around with the, with the dogs, you know, around the garden playing. And when she walked out the door, she was calling for me, but she seen me in the distance and she was going through the trees and she kept calling for me. And as soon as she spotted me near the pond, I had disappeared and the two dogs were left. And she, she said that she was looking into the water and she, she dived in looking for me. And when she put me out, I was in like a pillowcase and I was like a newborn baby. And I was dead, but it was, she woke up screaming and wow. she says the bottom of the bed was Mrs. Waller, the blue lady. And she says that she had her head kind of tilted to the side as in sympathy for what she dreamt. So mum then kind of thought, is this a sense where she's trying to warn us about this pond? Do you know, it's, it's a danger to, to the family, it's danger to me. And um there was no hesitation my mum um, contacted her brother who was a digger man and he came up within a few days and the pond was gone and just that was kind of then made mum believe that no she's not here to harm us she's only here to kind of protect if anything so it um I do think that you know she she was a positive spirit you know and she still is positive spirit she still is a, a big protector around Sharon and I do think if she wasn't here kind of sense there would be a lot more darker things happening because mm. I do think that she kind of tries to hit, you know keep it at bay um the, the the other things now that I did I experience in the coachman's when I was a teenager living there um I went just, into just, the bathroom just remind me where the coachman's is is that a separate building to the, yeah, the separate building yet yeah, the separate coachman residence so whenever I was in there um in the bathroom area um just preparing to go to bed one night and I was just in brushing my teeth and I looked in the mirror and just directly behind me was just a tile just a plain tiled wall and I seen a face come through the wall and back in again through the mirror and when I looked around there was nothing there and it was just I felt like that there was eyes watching me and I hated being in that bathroom I felt like I couldn't even shower in the bathroom it was just you always felt eyes on you every time you were in there it was just a horrible sense a horrible feeling and I didn't know maybe of this dark thing, this dark shadow that I was seeing, was it connected to whatever I was seeing through the wall in the bathroom? Um, but just, it all started to make sense over time to me. 
And whenever I did get to a point where I couldn't live in the coachman's anymore, um, I write about it more in detail in my book. I hate discussing it, but there was a, a point in time where I did try and commit suicide from being in there. And I, and I don't know if it was linked to whatever was in there that just egged it on. And, and I do like think the, that the, 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 the oppressive feelings and the a real oppressive feeling, but even the feeling of just being drained, physically sick, you know, waking up and being physically sick, completely drained your body. I, my mom would have to come in and maybe two o'clock in the day and try and wake me up, you know, cause I was just so drained and I was like, just leave me, no, just leave me in for another while and just never have an energy. And just eventually, you know, when I became old, you know, got older and had my family, I moved out um, and I was away from the house for a while and I felt fine, completely normal. If, if whatever normal is, it was nothing like what I was living in Sharon. Yeah. It was just, there was no oppressive feeling, no depression, no nothing. And that's when it twigged to me and I thought there has to be something in that part of the house that was actually causing me to be in that state. I have no other explanation. Anytime I went to the doctor about my tiredness, about anything, they could never explain it. They said, you're physically fine. There's nothing we can actually see showing up in bloods. And it was just, it was just unexplainable of that time. And I, I was putting it all down to maybe it wasn't stress from college and things like, but now, you know, years later and seeing what I've experienced over the years and even what I've experienced since then in the house, I have to put it down to something's in the house that's actually causing it. Um, whenever, whenever I did leave, I was fearful for my sister then because she was experiencing kind of a darker kind of time. So it felt like it kind of went from me to her. And I don't know, it was maybe because they probably thought we were vulnerable in the house. When my my mom and my dad are very, very strong-minded people, very spiritually strong. Do you know, my, my mom, of anything, she's the strongest woman I've known when it comes to, you know, whatever she's experienced in the house, she hasn't always stood her ground. So many people came over to us and says, why are you even still in the house? And my mom's like, nothing will scare me from that house. So, so, so your parents and your sister are still there? Yeah, parents and my sister are still there. They still live in the main house. I live in the, the gatehouse. It's just outside, the pro- you know, just on, still, still in the property. It's just just at the back of the house. Yeah. Um, I still experience things in, in, in this house. Um, so it's been hell of a a, a ride (laughs) whenever we in 2019 um I just started writing about you know my experiences I just started a little kind of vlog on Facebook and I just started writing about my experiences you know of what's happened through the years and it just seemed to escalate from there everybody was so interested in our experiences and you know I've always been kind of stopped uh, uh, you know along the street if I was out shopping or just people who knew me and they were like please tell me the story of Sharon Rectory and you know all your experiences, what you've had. There's so many people was interested in, you know, the story and what we experienced. But 20 years ago, people laughed at us. Yeah. You know, it's only now yeah. that people's actually starting to kind of become more open-minded to the spirit world and, you know, of something that's, you know, that's non-human. You know, a lot more people yeah. are actually starting to believe in all these things now. So, so you say you say your mom's religious and heavily grounded. And so was she ever up for bringing in a priest to 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 bless the house? Or Yeah, um, my cousin is actually a priest and he's come in and he's blessed the house. And it may stay calm for a short period, but yeah. it's only it's only a temporary fix. Do you know these yeah. things? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I do believe what's here. Um, there is there's many different levels of spiritual things in this in this property. Like it's not just, you know, spirits and ghosts and 
there's something darker here, but there's something that's also, I think that was on the property long before the house was built. Um, I do believe it could be elemental. Um, I do believe that it is something in that sense. Um, we have fairy rings outside the house. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of people about fairies, you know, folklore kind of things like that. They're very kind of skeptical on it. Um, but in my book, I write about that at the very beginning of the, the what had happened there linking to fairies. And I think that either it's a coincidence or it's something really kind of, there's something to it. Yeah. But it's, there's definitely so many different layers here. And it's like, it's a house that draws people in, no matter how many experiences we've had, bad or good. Yeah. It draws so many people in. Um, there's many people has read my book and has contacted me and said, I can't stop thinking about your house since I've read the book. Yeah. So anyway, I can see the house, you know, I want to experience it for myself. And I do say to people, I'm like, you know, even if you were to come to a house in one day, it's not like you can guarantee to see something because exactly. it's the, you know, that doesn't work like that. You know, you would need to be here for a while to actually experience something or you could randomly just turn up five minutes and see something and you can leave again. It, you yeah, know, it's really unpredictable. Yeah. Um, but I do think that a lot of people don't understand, you know, they say that they want to experience these things, but a lot of these things that I've experienced, my family experienced can deeply affect people. You know, it can, you know, a lot of people may never recover from what they've seen or what they've found because I've heard horror stories of other people not being able to cope with, with things that they've seen and never been able to talk about it, never been able to open up about it and that yeah. just let that eat away at them inside because yeah. the fear of maybe somebody never believing them. For me, I I started to openly talk about my experiences in 2019, you know, publicly, um, just you know, writing my blog and writing, you know, telling people about writing my book and it attracted so many paranormal investigators and they wanted to come in and, you know, investigate the property for themselves. And the majority of people that's came in and investigate the property all have left with some weird things that they've caught and unexplainable things and have had unexplainable, you know, experiences. And there's been maybe just a handful of people that came in and thought, well, there's nothing really that I can see here. Have, 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 they, just... been, have they been respectful in the sense of, I find a lot of teams will come in investigate and they'll basically attract or, or intensify activity because maybe the entity wants to show off or whatever is provoked yeah. and not it hasn't been closed down properly in a sense yeah so did you find a lot of teams are so quite are quite sort of irresponsible in that sense they're all the people that's, that's ever came to Sharon team wise have all been lovely people um I do think that there is some you know that that maybe didn't realize that what has been here, that maybe they went and they came in and they thought, oh, you know, it's nothing too serious. And then maybe, you know, aggravated a bit and then realizing, okay, this is something maybe that's beyond my control. Because I think that's very important when you are invest an investigator is to kind of, you know, there's a boundary there. And if you cross that boundary, yeah. it's, you know, it can be very dangerous for you and for people around you or people in yeah. that location. Um, and I think that, you know, just over the years now, I've, you know, for myself, like I've kind of realized the approach that you need to take, especially with a haunting that, that has a negative kind of vibe to it. Um, you need to be respectful. You need to be so careful investigating areas like this because we put a stop to investigations. It was only a few, you know, the, the months in 2019, there was um, a few months we did have a break because it was it was ramping up activity. So like we would have investigations at the weekend and it would be an aftermath we would deal with, it, you know, the week ahead. Then, you know, you would be just dealing with activity constantly. Um, and, you know, 
it just was it was it was a bit much take you know to live in a property like that and then constantly yeah. have it investigated but that's like any location the yeah. more times it's investigated the more active it'll get um so no we we, we put a stop to uh, the end of 2019 it was november 2019 we had a, an investigation and that was the final straw for me that was the most terrifying experience i've ever had in the house that whole night was crazy um yeah, yeah. And so talk us through that that night for us then um yeah well the, the, that night we you know we were doing the investigation as normal and it, it just seemed to be that it was just a real active night in general and i think when you're investigating that when it's active enough it's making it worse so the, the darker thing that night really started to show itself um we were doing kind of a vigil in the, in the dining room and you know i was affected that night where i felt like i was about to pass out and i was taken out and the only way I can describe it is that I felt like I was burning in hell. That is the only way I can describe it. My whole body was burning from the inside out. Mm. I, my, you could feel my, my you know, skin through my thing burning, my clothes. Like, and I felt all right after a few minutes. But my mom, um, you know, she's a very spiritual person. You know, she, she's a, a gifted medium now. You know, she would just have, she's developed it over time, like because she's living in such an active location. You, you know, I think a lot of people would either, either shy away from it or develop it. And I feel like that all of us have kind of developed it because, you know, you kind of embrace the kind of living in a haunted house. So you either have to move away and forget about it or, you know, put up with it and try and learn how to protect yourself and learn how to deal with these entities and spirits. And my mom then just, you know, she developed herself over time and, you know, she was, she's trans medium and something channeled through her that night that really terrified me because I thought that I wasn't going to get her back. Mm. Um, and, you know, we were, we were trying with me and, and uh, my friend, she's a psychic medium. She's been with us from day one, Kate Houston. She's a gifted psychic medium and she's you know she's a person that I trust and she was the only person that I would trust around to help me with something like this but that night when my mom was channeling this her voice was changing her face was changing and there was somebody that was actually sitting behind her that says they seen the the chair levitate a bit and I do think that it was close to possession that night rather than channeling yeah um it was very very scary um it took a lot for me and Kate to try and get whatever it was out because we were constantly praying with her and yeah. I had my rosary beads and I put them on her head and I was like please leave and I was just I think it was just the love that we have for her and yeah. just the worry we had that kind of really helped her through that night but I, I, when I looked, also say your mom your mom's quite religious as well I mean yeah for, for a possession to take place you've got to you've got to you know give, give you have a strong over. kind of yeah so um, it wasn't like I was doing an exorcism or anything that yeah. night. I was just trying to get whatever it was away. Yeah. And, you know, I looked at Kate at one point and Kate was looking down at my mom and she seen like a black mask come out of her mouth. And mom started to come around and, you know, she, she just was saying, you know, I could feel it in my hands. I can still feel yeah. it in my hands. Don't let my hand go. Yeah. And she was just fine after five minutes. I think her blood pressure was a bit high after it, but that I was like, I looked at everybody that night and I was like, I'm calling it. That yeah. is it. No more yeah. investigations in this house. This is because that is the final straw. Yeah. And it kind of angered me in a sense, because I thought, you know, I just it got out of control. It really did get out of control. And if it wasn't, I think whatever was there was trying to get me away from my mom. 
you know, so it affected me first before it could actually really, you know, get, affect her. Um, because it was, there was a, a moment whenever I, I came out of the room after I felt ill and mom came out with well, a different voice came out. That's one down. So it was trying to slowly get away people yeah. to try and take effect. Um, we were very, very frightened, frightened after that investigation staying in the house because there was, it was kind of lingering for a while after. Um, we, you know, we did have ministers come in because um, we thought, you know, we've tried a lot of different approaches. You know, a lot of people say, try sage. I'm like, <laughs> sage isn't going to shift this. Yeah. Um, and, you know, even, even my mum is steady burning sage and frankincense and loads of different kind of things in the house. And, you know, she would even go around the, the house with holy water, you know. And at one point there was a time where she was going around the house with holy water and the holy water th- was thrown out of her hand. So, you know, it's just, we've tried everything. It's not like we haven't tried to get rid of things in the house. You know, when ministers came, you know, they were saying, you know, that, you know, their beliefs was completely kind of a way out there from my mums and everything. And it just didn't sit well with, with anybody of how that they wanted yeah, well, to do what, all what, this. What were their initial responses to when they arrived at the house? Were they very much sort of like just going for the motion? They were very or... kind of quiet. They were very quiet. I feel like that they didn't really say much because I think whatever was there probably scared them because they probably sensed it. and. I think that I kind of might have been out of their out of their you know domain. I don't know. I just think that yeah. it was it was probably you know there was they were they did keep in touch after and they were saying you know that we need to um, my mum you know would be very kind of into her fairies and things and you know she had like she's very spiritual in a sense where she like you know she has Buddhist statues and things and they were in going that's a platform for for negative entities and that's a platform and. My mom's like, that's a statue. It's not going to hurt nobody. And it's not like it's a religion. It's spiritual. You know, exactly, it's it's yeah. positive. It's all positive things. It wasn't like it was. And I know fairies can be, you know, you know, very malicious and, and, you know, devious and stuff like, but they were only just wee figurines. It wasn't, you know, yeah. that statue isn't going to, you know, cause harm in the house. Like, so it was just, it was just things like that that kind of didn't sit well with my mom. So it didn't work out with them. But there has been loads of other people, you know, psychic mediums that we've had in and a lot of, you know, psychic mediums would have came and picked all you know, the things up in the house. And they do believe that there's definitely something demonic here. Yeah. Um, it's very crafty because if there's somebody that's powerful enough that can come, it hides. So it's like it, it knows long before. Oh, yeah. Um, it knows long before this person comes that, that they're coming. So this is why you've, just... you've got to really be embedded. You know, from investigations that really take place that you got to be embedded mm-hmm. in, the, in the location and like you say yeah. you know it, it'll appear and when it wants to appear and, yeah. you know, and show off and show off. see an investigation like like a like sharon rectory to, you know, to investigate a, a location like that one investigation doesn't do it you know when a lot of people you know come in it'll be like one investigation do one night's investigation there's nothing here and then they walk away that one yeah. night could be just a quiet night exactly. and we experience it from time to time and it's plus you know it could be we could have a month that would have nothing happen or we could have weeks that have nothing happen or days you know it it does it's not like it's you know you're walking around every corner and you're bumping into a ghost you know it's yeah you know, you, you try and get up and, you know, live your life. You don't go around looking for it, but it's always there in the background. Things is always happening. Um, I just think we just, you just get up and you get on with it. You know, I experience a lot of shadows in this house. You've seen, seeing them in the corner of your eye when you're, you know, walking from room to room, even during the day. I've been, you know, touched, physically touched where I'm like, my clothes have been grabbed and you look around and you're thinking it's one of the kids. They're not here. And then you're like, okay, well, 
you know, it's just something. So you just walk on and just continue with your day. Um, uh, no, there has scratch, been like scratch you at all, or any... yeah, there has there has been um, attacks. We've had physical attacks. Uh, me and my sister would be more so. Um, and I do think it all mounts down to because I think that we're more vulnerable than my, my parents. Um, I've had physically, you know, been physically scratched. Um, whenever I was living in the coachman's residence, I was physically scratched and I was bit. I would have woke up with like mysterious marks and bites in my legs. And I was like, what was that? And I would never have thought paranormal at the time. And it was, as I say, like it was only later in the years and you're like, okay, this, this is all adding up to one thing that it seems to be kind of coming from. And um, whenever I moved in here, um, things kind of started to happen. Um, I was getting two times now in the same place. I had like a burn in the back of my neck. And to me, it looks like a rope burn. And uh, before um, before this this burn or this, this attack that I did receive now, um, one of my security cameras um, actually caught a still image um, on something hanging in the tree and to me it looks like a dress a white dress hanging in the tree and I didn't know until I looked through the gallery in my phone one day and it was just a still shot from the security camera and I went out and I was trying to look to see if there was maybe something that was kind of causing that kind of shape and I can't explain it and Kate our psychic medium we know we, we discussed it with her and she reckons that somebody was actually hung out in the tree and was that attack that I was getting with a rope burn was it mm. something maybe that was from that that was attacking yeah. me yeah. Um, my sister, she has been marked several times. Um, she's had burns and scratches and, you know, she's been kind of feeling physically down with, with it from time to time too, you know, but, you know, since I'd say maybe in, in the last maybe two, three years, she's been really, really, she's like my mom now. She's really you know, strong headed and she's like, fuck it. Do you know, I just I don't care anymore now. She just, you know, she tries to kind of keep positive because I think, when you feed that with like, you know, negative thoughts and, you know, you're feeling that you're depressed and you're angry, that all feeds a negative energy All like, if you have any kind of negative energy in, in a location yeah. and you're go- going in with negative thoughts I'm and yeah. yeah, so that, that all affects, that all affects the negative and it, it grows it, it kind of, you know, feeds it. Mm. So, um, it's been, it's just been, a, it's, a, it's a pick a mix of energies here. It's been a crazy kind of 23 years living here. And I, and I do hope we're, we'll be here for many, many years to come. You know, I, I would love to keep Sharon Rectory within my family, you know, and pass down I mean, the you, generation. You mentioned a lot about your dad and your mum and her struggles and, and, and getting on with it. Where, where did your dad fit in all this? Is he, is he just like a typical Irish? He's just a typical man that just, you know, he'll see, he'll see things. You know, he's talked about seeing, um, he reckons um, the man that was murdered in the house, um, William okay. Hamilton, the man that was murdered by the United yeah. Irishman. He's, he's seen him a few times. Um, okay. He says that, you know, in, in, in one, one area of the house, it's, we, we call it the library, but um, a few years ago, you know, they had it as like a, my dad had like a man cave, you know, so he would have been sat in there in the evening times and he would just walk around the whole house dark in the pitch black. If there was nobody in the house, he would walk around in pitch dark, wouldn't put a light on, walk around outside. He's just not, doesn't seem to be scared of anything. And um, he was sitting one night in the library. And he was just drinking his cup of coffee, just listening to music. And he says, just at the doorway, he just seen the, the silhouette of this man all dressed in black. And he says, he walked him, watched him kind of walk towards him. And he says, he got up and there was an armchair. And he says, he got up and he sat on the other sofa. 
he says he felt like this man needed to sit in the armchair. And he says he just got up and just watched him. And then he says he just disappeared. And he says he's met him on the staircase, the main staircase, a couple of times too. This man all dressed in black. And he, he reckons it's, it's William Hamilton. Have you, so have you in, your, in your own research, have you tried to sort of trace this blue lady historically or... Yeah, it's it is it is the the murdered victims of you know Mrs. Waller, the, the lady of the house. It's um that's who she is. That's the blue lady we were seeing. So do you, um, do you think do you think she, it's because it, it was that a solved solved case back then, or was that an un, un, unresolved? It was the United Irishman, and it was a, a brutal attack. You know that the Irish he was just a a target for you know um just his beliefs and kind of you know it was all political kind of at the time, you know, so he was, he was kind of a wanted man with the United Irishmen and there was an unsuccessful attack, I think the previous year in his own vicarage. And then he was um, just targeted then. He, I think he was kind of set up to go to Sharon Rectory that night and just, he, you know, it's just been, <laughs> it's just there. He just, that was where his story ended. Do you, um, do, you, do you think that they'll ever find peace, or, or, or are they are they attached to the house purely because of the um, crimes that were committed and the the awful atrocities? Or from what I'm from what we've got from from Reverend Hamilton, he feels that sorry, from sorry, his who's, sons, who's, who's Reverend Hamilton? Reverend Hamilton's the man that died, the man that was yes. murdered in the house. Um, from what we've um, we've picked up from him from psychic mediums and and just different you know people's walks through the houses that he. From his crimes and his kind of sins in his life, he feels like in death, he's scared to move any any go go away, move. Do you know to move on? Because I feel like that he he's going to be punished for his sins, and he's kind of he, he wants to reside there. He doesn't want to shift. He wants to stay. Okay. Um, he doesn't seem to be he's a, he's a dominant presence, but he doesn't seem to be a presence in the sense where he's going around attacking you or you know, going out to actually harm you, you know, I just think that he's just going to be there from time to time, people's going to see him and then he'll just, you know, disappear again, you know, it's just going to be one of these yeah. these spirits is always going to be there in the background um, as for Mrs Waller now she, we we do feel like that she's at peace because um, I write about that in my book too where um, Kate Houston, the first time we we were introduced to her, she was trying to help us with, with Mrs Waller and we were trying to find, you know, help her find peace um, that was another night that was that was insane. Um, there was a seance took place in the house, and this the things that happened that night was was crazy. Um, I was, you know, six seven, and I was in the kitchen area, and my dad was praying the whole night, and in the in the big dining area, um, there was just a few people around the table, including the psychic medium and my mum and my granny was there, and. They just started the seance and she slowly started to come forward. And she, they says that everybody around the table experienced kind of what she felt in a sense before she died. So Kate, the psychic medium, says she felt her got a gunshot, but she says she felt like she was hit kind of in the shoulder. And that's where Mrs. Waller was supposedly shot. And she was supposedly shot in her ear too. And um, my grandmother, she heard a, a gunshot. And then my mum then just broke down in tears. So it was kind of like, you know, all they, these kind yeah, of emotions were kind of, yeah, yeah. yeah, just kind of channeled through them. And um, she, she, she kind of formed as like a teardrop and the, the table, unless they all sat around the table. Now there was people that was there that night that was reporters that they actually reported it on a newspaper of everything that went on. Wow. And they were in misbelief. They were just like, 
is this actually happening? Because everybody was skeptic coming in thinking they weren't going to see anything. And this blue teardrop just formed and then it just went straight up into the ceiling and disappeared. Wow. And what makes it even more weirder is that my grandmother's neighbor lives up the hill, just up the road, you know, mm-hmm. right next to her, you know, it's only about five minutes away. But you can see the, the top of Sharon Rectory just, um, you know, from that area. Yeah. And he says that he couldn't sleep one night and he this this particular night. And he was outside and he was walking around the house and he says it was about maybe three o'clock in the morning. And he says he's seen a blue light coming from Sharon Rectory's roof. And this would have tied in to what yeah, they, yeah, 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 whenever yeah. they'd done the, the seance that night. And uh, Kate did believe Mrs. Waller found peace that night. But she says that she'll always be able to come back to check up and make sure that everybody's okay in the house. Because she says that she's so attached to the property. Yeah. Because uh, It's beautiful when you told me about that, that story about, or that events where she warned your mum about the pond. That's 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 yeah. beautiful. Yeah, it's, um, yeah. So that's powerful. how we knew that her te- her tensions were good. It wasn't like she was out of, out of her way to kind of scare us out of the house. It, it wasn't it wasn't like that. So, so what, been... what are your thoughts about the demonic entity in the house then? When and then the origins of that? I do think that there's definitely something dark in the house, and it's very very crafty, very smart. Um, there has been numerous investigations that took place. That's kind of you know, resulted in definitely it's, it's negative that's here. Um, I do think that not only that, I do think that there's elemental and it's um, I, there's not really much that I can kind of research in elementals because it, it is yeah. very rare. It's a very rare haunting. Yeah. But um, from talking... Just, just, just with, sorry, just for the audience members who don't know what elemental is, can you mm-hmm. explain briefly? An elemental is basically, um, it's, it's like a spirit of, you know, the earth. They say it's, it can be kind of conjured up in a location, um, you know, through... It's, it's very hard to explain because even for me, it's really hard to try and research these things, but it's, it's like, it's non-human. It's not a human. It never has ever walked the earth as human. Um, it's, it's kind of like, you know, it, it maybe forms in a sense of mist or in like a, a light. Do you know what a lot of that would kind of link into elemental? Um, they, they, as Kate has told me about elementals is that when they're very low in energy, they, they can become negative. So they can actually kind of attack um, and become mischievous, Do you know? So that's going from, from, from that. That's what, what I can really kind of find from it. Like, so, and that's what Kate told me, but uh, the, there is an elemental supposed to have been a leap castle. So that's the only other elemental that I would have known in Ireland that I've heard about. Um, and I do think that that's the ancient thing that's here long before the pro- you know the house was built. Yeah. That's on oh, yeah. the property. It's attached on, on, to the property. The yeah. Yeah. Whatever kind of maybe going back to maybe the pagan times. Do you know it could yeah. have been maybe all linking into that. Yeah. Maybe that was conjured through through some rituals. I have no idea, but it's it's on the property. It's been seen. Um, there has been a black dog that's been seen too. I forgot to talk about that. Um, uh, when my parents before my parents even bought the property, it was about ten years previous um they the house was kind of laying empty at the time and it was it was before it kind of really came came into ruins um they came down the back laneway one night and they they parked really close up to the the, the back gate and whenever you know they, they were deciding whether or not will they get out of the car because it was starting to get kind of dark and they were kind of going on you know they heard the stories and all of a sudden just before they got out of the car there was this black dog just appeared out of nowhere and it started to run towards the gates and it just 
ran straight through the closed gates without injuring itself whatsoever. It kind of banged up against the car and disappeared. And my dad looked at my mum and he put the car in reverse and reversed straight up to the, the, the house, like or right up to the top of the lane, sorry. And he was like, that is that that freaked me out. I didn't, they couldn't explain it. Um, but it never put them off. They kind of thought maybe that's what, that's what I love about your mum and dad. But it was the way it like a go a ghost of like a they just are like oh sure a dog entity <laughs> smashes against but, the car. Um, and, yeah. yeah, I never knew this story. And then whenever we moved into the house, we were in it for, for a while and I was outside with my dogs one day and I was walking down the back lane. And all of a sudden, my two dogs started to sense something. Mm. And they kind of went over to the hedge. And I thought, was it a rabbit, a cat? What are they seeing? And then the, I jumps this massive black dog. It was like nothing I've ever seen before. You know, I, could, I can't even describe the, the, the breed of dog because it just seemed to be like a mix of everything. And it, it was like scruffy looking. And it had bright red eyes. And it looked at me like it was just about to just jump through me. And I started to kind of call to my dogs to come back because I thought they're going to challenge this thing and they're never yeah. going to be able to fight it. Yeah. And it just turned and ran away. And then my two dogs ran after it. And I ran kind of over the corner and the two dogs were like looking around, looking for this dog and the dog had vanished. And I ran straight into my mom and I told my mom and my mom's face just went pale because she, she had this experience with this dog years previous. Yeah. And I never knew the story. So she was like, how, does, how, how did she know that's the story? So this must be something kind of weird. So this dog has been seen in the property many times since then. And maybe that's connected to the elemental too, because they say that maybe they could be shift, shift, you know, shapeshifters where they yeah. can, you know, transform into like animals and things, you know, so that's yeah, yeah, yeah. connecting to that too. Yeah. Interesting stuff. I but, mean, it's a, um, a full array of characters on the, on the rectory. So there's, there's <laughs> so much the here. <laughs> you just don't know who you're going to bump into. And what, what is, um, we're going to wrap up now, but what is the, What's the future for the rectory? Obviously, the, the Tully family want they want to stay now, or, or they have they gone too far yeah, down the road no. not to go? No, we're we're going to stay here. There's nothing kind of going to scare us away. We've been through that much. I don't think it would take a lot to scare us away now. Um, I've what I've seen and what I've experienced over the twenty three years has been crazy. I just I've always said that my my life is like a horror movie because it's just you feel like you go through a stage of kind of calm. And then it just goes mad and then it's like yeah. calm again. And then, you know, there's never, you just don't know what's around the corner, to be totally honest. You just don't know what to expect. And that's, that's, yeah. that's what Annie haunting. From, from, from my own experiences, so, it just oh, always used to catch me off guard, always caught me off guard yeah. where yeah. it just happened. Like it was never, you, you never, sometimes I never yeah. sensed it before it happened. It just happened that I really, it's like, wow. You know, it, you, yeah. just, you just never, then, never expect it. And then people are saying, why did you not take a picture of it? I'm like, well, oh, you, no, you're yeah. caught off yeah. guard. It's not like you're going yeah, to think, yeah. I'm yeah. going to get my phone out and try and take a picture of it because it doesn't work like that. And 20 years ago, there was no phone, you know, camera phones then. So you wouldn't have been able to take out your phone to take a picture of sort of thing that you see. So so um, where can people find out more about the rectory? Um, well, you can follow me on Sharon Rectory Ireland on Facebook, Sharon Rectory Donegal Ireland, sorry. And then Sharon Rectory Donegal Ireland on Instagram. And I just put up like, you know, regular write-ups of just what we experience from day, day to day or, you know, from time yeah. to time, um, you know, and then you can get my book then on Amazon um, and Kindle. So it's available on, on both of them. And what's the book called on Amazon? Oh, The, oh, the Haunting of Sharon Rectory. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's big, quite important. <laughs> Got to be that one. 
And uh, I know you say you've, you've closed down investigations from 2019, but would you would you be willing to allow me to come and have a little look around and get a vibe of the place? Yeah, yeah, we can we can maybe we can maybe see what you feel. Sure, you might be you might be too spooked. You might only just come on the door and say no. No, trust me, I'm I'm I'm, I'm pretty much, I've, I've, yeah, I'm spooked out myself. So. <laughs> Hi Emma, so thanks for tuning in and calling in. And thank um, you for having I'll, me on the show. Yeah, and hopefully we'll um, I'll get over to the place and have a little walk around and uh, report back to the audience. But uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks so much for, uh, for for coming on tonight and uh, thank good you luck for the future. Thanks, now. All right. Okay. Bye. Good morning, Father. Um, I have something that has been bothering me for about a month and a half now. Yes, sir. And it occurred when I was in bed, laying on my side. Yes. And I was tapped on the shoulder. Yes. And I turned my head up towards the, over towards the bottom of the bed, and there was a big, dark entity there. Yes. And he was grabbing me at my feet and this, trying to pull me. Is this the first time this happened to you? Yes. Um, how long did it last? Uh, it lasted, it seemed like, for 20 seconds. Has it occurred again? No, it hasn't. Okay. Do you practice any religion? Um, no, I don't. Oh. Uh, well, I'll tell you. Um, might be a good idea to pray. Because uh, unless it... I don't think you were drunk. No, I was not. No, I'm sure you weren't. I say that. I don't think you were. You sound very sober. In my mind, I mean, in judgment. Um, then this is what we call a, an obsessional harassment. It's probably a great mercy that it's done to you because it may wake your soul to to worship God. I do believe in uh, Jesus Christ and good, but this has ex been extremely bothersome of myself. It should be. I'll tell you. Um, have you got a pencil? Yes, I do. Write down. Go ahead. Oh, creature of God. Uh -huh. In the name of God who created you. Okay. And in the name of Jesus who saved me, I exorcise you. Now, drop all fear. You have nothing to be afraid of. Thank you. But Thank you. those words in its eye. Okay? Thank you very much, Father. God bless. Good luck.